Generations to Hunt podcast, where the goal is to learn together and further the culture of hunting. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Generations to Hunt podcast. Today it's uh, just Matt and Joe. We don't have any guests. Our, our friends are not uh, out of work. They're all busy today. So Joe and I decided today we're going to do the podcast. I think we've talked about about six times so far. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just trying to get make time for, I think everybody's doing their honey-do list right now, doing all the little pews and cues. Because, I mean, there's some states are opening up less than 30 days. Yeah, mid-September. Uh, I mean, I've noticed I'm a little behind, so I'm still working on getting some of that stuff done. I mean, I still got to get tree stands hung. Not not so much hung, but I got to get tree stands trimmed, straps replaced. Um, but the big majority of the tasks I wanted to get done, I got done, and now I got to just plant some more ryegrass for these trails, but that's about it. So 90% of the time you're pre- are you would you say you're a pre-hung guy like you already have presets up yes do i think that will change a little bit this year yes because when i went to kansas last year i used that xop and i've it, i loved every second of it so i don't know that i'm going to waste a ton of my time on buying more presets so i'll take the time to do the upkeep on them so they're good but that's probably about as far as I'm going to go there. So you're just going to have like a, a general, like get some trees ready just for like, all right, if he's moving here, I have some locations or something. Well, or just so the properties I hunt, they already have presets there. So like I'm not necessarily moving them. I think the spots that they're in are pretty good. Um, but uh, as opposed to going out and buying another platform, if I see a deer traveling through this area to go hang, I'll just move my preset or my XOP over there. Or if I hunt a new piece, for example, me and a buddy put in for a draw hunt in Michigan here. If we get drawn for that, I'm not going to go hang, uh, take a hang on or a ladder and, and take it out there to hang for the duration of our hunt. I'm just going to take that. And then, um, if I get any new pieces to hunt, I'm sure I'll have some presets, but not, I mean, the one property I have has like eight tree stands on it. So it, it just, I don't personally, I, I like the XOP. I like the versatility of it, the time it took me to get up and down. So I don't know that I'm going to go out and spend the money and buy a platform or a ladder unless it's for like, I don't know, probably my kid, but all the places I hunt have ladders, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I think I'll have, like, I have one behind the house, but I never hunt there. I haven't hunt there in two years, but I have it there. We got one ladder stand, and then I have one hang, hang, hang on, lock on, or whatever you want to call it. And then the rest I'll be running the saddle. I don't know what um, tree sticks I'm going to be using this year, though. I was hoping Latitude would drop their their new sticks because I heard they're going to be titties. So um, can we say that on here? I think we can. All right. Judges? Okay. A lot. So I heard they're going to be titties. So I was kind of waiting on them. 
they're probably gonna be a little expensive they're probably gonna be like the tether one sticks or they're gonna sell out really quick so i'm gonna be really bummed so i don't know what sticks i'm gonna be running yet but i think i'm gonna be pretty mobile this year especially with uh works kind of i just like got my literally got my new blueprint for one of my projects going in and it's gonna be pretty far away from my lease so i think i'm gonna be hitting down there but it's a little bit closer to ohio so might make it down there but it's northern ohio there ain't shit for public land yeah i've never hunted there but i think that kind of leads into what we are planning on talking about today which is going to be gear uh we're going to pretty much talk about what we have um this is probably going to vary a lot from what others use we're going to go into kind of why we have it um and then it's i guess effectiveness maybe and then we're going to try to kind of figure out what for in our opinion is worth spending money on and what you can probably get away from as far as price wise so i think we all have varying tools in our belt and well, the opinions will vary, but yeah, for sure. It's just gonna be kind of I think the, the opinions for both of us will vary because we're yeah, totally different. Totally, I mean, that's how everybody is, but it's, I think it's nice to hear you know what you like and what I like because sometimes I base my opinions on what other people like and if it's working for them, so it should work for me, but. Who knows? Everybody's different. Like backpacks are so hard. Like everybody's got their own backpacks, and or some people don't even have backpacks. See, I'll tell you, backpack is one of the things I'd put on my list that you absolutely need to just spend the money on it. Um, for I mean, just out of sheer experience that I've had, yeah. um, I've bought the cheap Walmart backpacks, and they're okay. But a couple things that suck for them very limited on like pocket spaces so they've only got like two maybe three pockets but like one's like a water bottle pouch right yeah and then there's like one zipper on the front yep and then there'll be like if you're lucky there'll be a um side pocket and then you have a big main pocket one in front and then a little tiny one in front if you're lucky that that and that that might be the uh, upgraded version of the Walmart bag. But the other thing that kills you with the Walmart bags are the uh, I say Walmart. I'm just gonna say cheaper backpacks. The durability. So when you're hunting, you're uh, you're spending a lot of time outside, and you're not what I would consider very nice to the backpack. So uh, it's not ideal to have something that's not going to hold up and in my experience the backpacks get about those cheaper backpacks get maybe one year out of them if that before they are just kind of no longer useful so i personally last year went out and spent a good amount of money on a new badlands backpack uh and i don't know that i'll ever go back it's more comfortable to wear in it's got an insane amount of places to put things as far as like storage um it is a little bit bulkier but it is sturdier i mean when you're taking it out on a tree stand you're not you know it's attached to that tree stand it's getting beat up and it's still in great condition um i don't uh i don't know that i'll ever 
go I, I might go with a different style backpack i'm not really what i would consider uh brand specific with backpacks but i'll never cheap out on a backpack yeah. um i just go like like i had a pretty decent one a couple of years ago and then i switched to the sitka backpack like two years ago it's a little bit big it's the air conditioning oh i was like why why is it so windy yeah it's the air conditioning um but I switched to a Sitco backpack, and it's a little bit bigger than I you, you think you would want for a backpack. But I can fit my bow and a platform and all my camera gear and sticks on that backpack. Yes, it is heavy, but I can fit everything on that backpack. So I don't run a camera, so I don't necessarily – I I think that backpack would be too bulky for me. Yeah. Um, but, again – I'm not running a camera, so most of what I've got in my backpack is generally food or drink for the day, calls, buy knocks, um, maybe an extra battery pack or something like that for my phone, um, and then, like, my knife and just kind of various things like that uh, so I don't have to carry, I guess, all that extra stuff. Yeah. But I got that, too, because I was, like, I knew I was going out west, so I wanted to because it's kind of like a mid-frame, like not a detachable frame pack. So I knew I could get dual purpose because I'm kind of a stickler with money sometimes like that. Like where it's just like if it, if I'm going to get my most value, I would rather use it for deer and out west. So that's why I went with that one. I, I, I think more pockets and more better, but sometimes that's like cursing because I was like, oh, I got an empty pocket. I can fit something in there. I'm like putting pyro putty going <laughs> acting like <laughs> i'm gonna get stuck in the woods for yeah. i end up getting like the worst thing that i run into is uh sometimes i'm not always prepared especially in the morning like mentally and uh i won't pull things out in a correct order and then when you have all those pockets something happens big buck walks by and you're trying to get on it with binox or you're trying to get your call or you're trying to do this and you end up kind of fiddling around in your backpack because there's just so much room in there. Uh, so that's probably the biggest downside. But, the, you know, the Walmart backpack, I could just reach right in. But yeah. <laughs> The best thing, or not really the best thing, but the best thing about it is, like, you ever, like, went, like, hard during rut? And then, like, you're like, all right, my bag isn't really heavy. And then you, like, dump it. And then you find, like, four packages of, like, Pop-Tarts and, like, three bottle water. Oh, yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you've just been carrying <laughs> yeah. around so many fucking extra shit. So would you go in the woods without a backpack? Ooh. It would be really tough. It would have to be like I know I'm only gonna be out. I, I in so, any scenario, I don't think I could. So I'll tell you when I first started hunting, it wasn't. I would say five to eight years ago is when I first started carrying a backpack. Um, before that, I never carried a backpack, and honestly, I don't know how, because uh, I'll never go without a backpack now. There's a zero percent chance because it just has all my stuff in it. So I would just never. I would never do that. So backpack is top of my list of things that I absolutely will spend money on because of the durability and the effectiveness of all the different things I can carry, especially when I'm going out of state, hunting public land, all day sits. I'm I'm spending money on a backpack all day. Uh, So I guess. You want to go into the things we put in our backpack? 
Yeah, we'll go with the... So, on wind direction, what are you bringing a puffer, or are you now are you a milkweed? I've switched to... Well, I'll bring a puffer just because it's easier to get a hold of. Um, but I'm a big fan of the milkweed. I don't think you can go wrong either way. I think in that situation, you use what is most readily available. Um there are reasons why the milkweed is better as far as showing your thermals and stuff like that, but if you're not really hunting creek banks and creeks like that, it's not as big of a thing. I mean, it's it is pretty cool even in Michigan where it's flat and you drop that milkweed you know, especially in the morning when your thermals are rising, you'll watch that milkweed just kind of go up. And then, you know, it gives you an idea of like, okay, that's kind of why I got away with that deer coming down wind is because my thermals were kind of, the thermals were bringing the scent above that deer. Right. Um, but for the most part, the puffer, in my opinion, is going to get give you at least a minimal amount of information. So whatever you have available... That's what I'm going to go with. So I have both available right now. Um, I don't... Whatever I can easily get access to is what I'm going to pull out of my backpack. Which generally just depends on how I packed it the night before or what part of the season it's in. (laughs) There will be times I'll go spend five minutes looking for the puffer and then just say screw it and grab the milkweed just because it's in... I already know it's in one of my side pouches. Yeah, I think the milkweed is going to be better for me this year probably to go so i'll probably and every time i find i somehow i get my puffer it has that little i don't even know what you want it, the cap with that little whatever on it yeah. the little wiener on it and it it like sprays all over my bag it'll come loose and it just like starts puffing in there so never had that happen i don't know <laughs> i mean i've literally washed well, my little it, puffer thing in my clothes and nothing nothing yeah. what brand is it HME. Oh no, I got them HME. Hunting made easy, mass. Yeah, I guess. So, outside of puffer, I guess what else am I putting in the bag? Um, I'm not. I don't want to talk. I guess I don't think we need to talk about food or drink or anything like that. I think that's a given. I think we can talk about our favorite snacks in a little bit. But uh, it's gonna be Binox. I think you. I'll never go. I have a Bino harness. If you want to count that. So I carry the Binox in the backpack, but I do take them off and put them on when I get in. You have you have a well, you have a Bino harness, right? Mm-hmm. I have a Bino pouch. You know what I mean? That little chest pouch. Yeah, I have that too. I just prefer oh. the harness. Okay. Um, but I prefer to carry it in the backpack out there just because. It is sturdy, but remember, it, it's meant for me to bring up, so it has play. So walking out can be really annoying, and then climbing a tree stand, hanging a tree stand such as an XOP or a climber or even probably a saddle, just is it's going to be in my way. So I just prefer to put it in the backpack. See, I'm different because I have a bino pouch that has mollies on the side, so my rangefinders hang off my molly, molly. And then I have that on a tether so I can hit that. And then I have a little pouch on the back of the bino that I always put my release in. So I always have my release right here on my chest. So when I'm walking in, it's not in my pockets or whatever, just in case I have to draw. It never happens ever. And I always make sure that's there or I don't. 
if I get in the tree stand and then if it's like somehow buried in my backpack and then like, you know how like you hear them people get in the tree stand and they look and there's a deer right there. Yeah. I always know it's right here in my chest. So that's the three main components of my vinyl harness. And then sometimes I put my, my phone in there too, right here on my chest. So I, my phone will go in my jacket, um, in my, and we'll get into kind of why I'm not a huge fan of this certain camo I have now, but, um, my jacket will go in or my phone will go in my coat jacket. Uh, release will go from my bow into my backpack. Everything goes into my backpack. Like I, all I carry out with me is my bow and my backpack. And then I don't even carry a light if I can get away with it. Like if I'm in a, a spot I know, I won't carry a light. If I'm in a spot I don't know, I'll carry a light. And I've been, I'm not a very big morning guy anyways, but uh, if I'm going in, I can, I can see everything when I'm going in. I'm not going in pitch dark. I just think that's too, that's too much for in my locations because whenever I'm going in there, they're already in the field. Yeah, I mean, so that's a conversation probably for another. It's all it's, it's, it's all situational. You're hunting, yeah, and and you're, so, the way you can access it. But I understand from your standpoint where you're hunting, I get it. From my standpoint, I the places I hunt in the morning, I know I can access in the dark without a light. Yeah. But, um. So binox. Do you go cheap or do you no. spend the money? No, I went mid road. I went like. I got the Vortex Vipers, Vipers, right? Or no, Diamondbacks. I got the Diamondbacks. So like 240, 240 and they're eight by 42s, right? I probably messed that up. I don't know. what. So they're eight times something. It's eight by 40. Is it eight by 40? 12 by 50. Okay. I would go, because somebody, this is where I fucked up. When I was first getting into hunting and people like, don't get it the highest magnification because when you're in the woods you won't everything will be so jiggly because you're so powered in i was like oh that guy that guy knows what he's talking about and then i got eight times and i got pissed off because i can't see i can see you know what i mean but they're not as I, I would rather carry 12 so i'll tell you the best thing i ever did was buy 12 so i think when you're talking a gun scope um a nine by forty is, in my opinion, a little bit better than a twelve by forty or whatever because of that reason, the the zooming in. Yeah. But I'm guessing they're talking more like a camera because when you zoom in a camera real far, it's really hard to stay steady, right? right? But I can tell you right now, I have the Vortex Crossfires twelve by fifties, and I don't have any issues there. I'll tell you the biggest reason why I would spend money on. Um, Binox, so I have a cheaper pair of, I think, Tascals or whatever, and they work. The problem you have is I find myself, like, closing one eye because they don't merge together well. They're not as clear. They don't, I guess what I'll say, like, zoom in and out as well as the Vortex. My Vortex, if I have a bunch of trees in my way and there's a deer at 200 yards, I can adjust it and it like will zoom in and out to get on that's that animal, right? To make it clear at that distance. I can regularly just move the, I don't know what it's called, the little thing on the adjuster up top to something that's real close to me or something that's really far away that I want to make clear. And cheaper by Knox, in my experience, did not offer that same clearness. And then 
and, and I would say if you're like talking price mark, wow, if you're talking price market, to be honest, if you put $1,200 in my hand right now and you said I can either go buy a brand new bow or I can go buy like the Leopold BX5s, I think they were like 1200 bucks. I would actually spend it on the binoculars over the bow because they just, they're like your ticket, dude. And they can, you know, you can see deer so clear and you know what they're doing. You're actually, you know, when you're scouting, you use them. I use my binos more than I use my, well, when I'm hunting, you know, I'm using my binos more than my bow. So I can do it with the uh, yeah, kids I, bow. I don't know if I would spend twelve hundred bucks on a, a set of binocs, but I will say I'm saying I would spend money. So I will I will directly credit binocs to my Kansas buck. All right, as far as I was able to find antlers in a bunch of trees and watch the deer bed down, like and it was it was thick, like, but because I had a good set of binocs, I was able to catch that little bit of movement and was able to to then decide what to do next, right? I think if you've got $200 that you can spend in something hunting, I would spend it on Binox. You can get a very, very good set of Binox for 200 bucks that will, I will guarantee you, change the way that you hunt um, and change, I guess, just how you, your opinion on Binox. If you're someone that doesn't think Binox are that important, I'm just I'm, in my opinion, you're wrong. Spend the money. Yeah. Get a nice I, set of Vortex loopholds. I, uh, I don't even know what a Bushnell makes a decent set. Bushnell goes up there, or you can, if you really want to ball out, get the Swaskis or whatever. Oh, Swatoskis. Yeah, yeah, they're like fucking three grand. But uh, um, Sigachi, no, they don't make binoculars. They make really good rangefinders though. I think, yeah, I used to never hunt with binoculars, and then I was just like, oh, I see people using them, and now I can't, I, I was, I forgot them one time, and I remember texting Megan, and I said, this is fucking bullshit, like, I, I hated every minute of that. Couldn't imagine sitting in the woods without binoculars. No, it's, yeah. then we can just go, if we're talking optics, go to, to the rangefinder, I would say a decent rangefinder, because, uh, I noticed going doing a lot of 3D cheaper binox or sorry rangefinders won't pick up dark targets. So if it's a low light situation, you want a decent rangefinder that can actually pick up a true range. Because I've seen the difference between 10 yards because of the target's dark on other people's. So I don't have as much 3D, but a rangefinder is something, in my opinion, I'll cut costs on. So I have a cheap Halo. I think I spent a hundred bucks on my rangefinder, which isn't in the rangefinder world. That, that that's a fairly cheap rangefinder. You can get them a little bit cheaper, but mine has elevation, so it'll tell me if I'm in the tree what my elevation is and what the the yardage is due to that elevation, because it might be a little bit different. Um, I've never had any issues as far as accuracy. Um, the only downside I would say by buying a cheaper one is at times it is a little bit more difficult to read the range, especially in low light conditions. Cause I don't have like a light to like turn it on in there. It's black letters. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the one thing I would say I struggle with, but 
the other reason I would, in a hunting situation, I would spend more money on different things is because I would get a better pair of binoculars, but I would do put more money on my binoculars and get a cheaper range finders. Yes. In that scenario. But the other reason I guess I, in the hunting situation is 95% of the time you are not ranging deer. Like I, I don't, I bet I could count on one hand how many times I've ranged a deer, then set my bow or gun or whatever and shot that animal. It hasn't happened a lot. Most of the time, I'm ranging things in front of me. Okay, that trail's 15 yards. That tree's 25. That tree's 32. So then picking up those targets, and it's not as big of a deal. So for me, I'll be honest. I would, if you threw me a $50 rangefinder and said, go use this, I would probably be just as happy as someone who has a two to $300 rangefinder. I, I don't... I'm not big on, maybe it's just the way I use the rangefinder, but I just, I don't, I'm not going to spend a bunch of money on a rangefinder. Yeah. I do have a two to $300 rangefinder, and it does have red letters. It's illuminated, so that definitely does help. Dark targets, it does read better, I would say. And then mine does have a hill compensation on there, so if it's like a steeper angle, it will cut cut yards or add yards if it's uphill downhill for me mathematically but them are always not true you know you should do a cut sheet if you're doing like two percent slopes and stuff, or yeah whatever two whatever the angles are but i whitetail i'm not even worried about that so i th i like it don't get me wrong i'm not gonna get rid of it but yeah i do i need it did i need it Mine goes up to eighteen hundred yards. So I don't even need eighteen. I don't know. That's a, a lot of. Yards. That would be, I guess, another area that mine struggles with is at like four or five hundred yards. Like it's a lot more. You got to be really kind of on the target to get it. But again, we're hunting. I'm hunting whitetail. I'll. I'm. If I'm ranging those distances, it's because I'm bored in a tree stand. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as far as optics outside of. I don't really carry any other optics besides binocs and range finder. The other thing I would say first thing in the morning I'm throwing in my backpack is going to be my release. And again, I think we were going to definitely disagree on this one. I, I recently purchased a more expensive release, but from my experience, you can get away with a cheap release. No, absolutely not. But, Whatever makes you consistent, whatever you're, whatever you're comfortable with, go for it. Sure, but I definitely know the difference between a, a good release and a cheap release, and I definitely know when I it's ten degrees out in a tree stand, I definitely don't want my fucker locking up or. So I can tell you, I've used an Allen. I think for the longest time, I used a like seven dollar Allen release that I bought at Meyer or Walmart when I first got into hunting. <laughs> And I never, ever had it lock up on me. I never had any issues with it. Um, I think I just ended up losing it one time. Um, then I went to a, like, 30 for $40 True Glow. Um, and I didn't mind that. I didn't mind it. I, I thought it was all right. I think the biggest difference I noticed between the two was the comfort on my wrist. Um between the more expensive one and the cheaper one. 
then I recently just moved to a hundred and like ten dollar True Glow hook release, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I know there's a noticeable difference in my opinion of of the releases. So your point is minute. No, <laughs> my point is is I noticed difference, but no, there is a difference. But I, if you gave me. $120 and you said you had to buy you know two things for hunting and a release has to be one of them I'm going to go find the cheapest release I can because that, in my mind it doesn't make enough a difference when I'm shooting to justify spending money on that over other things such as a binox or even a rangefinder I mean I, I would I would realistically put it at the Lower end of things I would spend money on. The only thing I would highly recommend you do is buy two of them. And the reason being is you'll have one that you will always leave in your backpack. And I know this because I've done this. And then you have one that you, your favorite that you're going to use all the time. But sometimes you know you're rushing to get things together. And that one that you have in your case all the time ends up not in your case and you go hunting and you don't know you, now you don't have a release. Yeah. So my recommendation would be get two, put one in your case. I mean, that's how I do. I'd put it in my case every time with my arrows and all that. And then one in your backpack that just never leaves your backpack. Yeah. And then you never have to worry about not having one. I run a thumb release, so I got a backup thumb release too, but that's always stays in my backpack. But, I disagree, man. I think that it's the most, almost the most important tool of your bow, dude. That, that, that release, man, it just, if I can break it clean and all that, I want the nice, clean, cleanest pulling trigger ever. So, but I mean, I have like a $200 brass release, so it does get cold during the winter. That sucks, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, you, could I just, you probably shoot better? Could uh, somebody shoot better with the seven dollar release? Probably. It's all about what you can shoot. So. Yeah, like I said, I just I never had any bad luck with any of the cheap releases. This is my first release that is not cheap. The biggest thing that I like about it is it's not a Velcro strap. If there was anything I would ever change about cheap releases, is get rid of Velcro. It's loud as shit. What is it now? Wrist strap. So it's just the the buckle. Buckle, yeah. Have you seen the ones with the boa system on there? No. Spot Hog has it. T ha- T has one. It's fucking awesome. The only thing I dislike about the one I have now is like there's like an under belt part that kind of gets stuck sometimes, but I think I just have to break it in. But I would rather use the belt buckle system over Velcro. the Velcro. Yeah. But get stick out everything. Yeah, but I will tell you right now, if you're in a budget. And I, I clearly, Joe and I are different. Um, I'm going yeah, but to I shoot spend my, less you, money on my release than I, anything. You got to remember, I shoot my my release, you know, every weekend, you know, right. for archery and all that. And that's what I'm comfortable. And, and I'm kind of one of the persons I don't like to change my stuff. I can't, like, I'll change it here and there. But if that's a, what I'm using all year, I'm going to stick with that. And I do put a I do put a a little piece of paracord on it so I can keep it on. My, but you know, usually I take it on my pouch and hook it on the string, and then it's there. Yeah. So part of the reason I don't go the thumb release is because I I I have to have it because otherwise I already know 
I'm just going to lose it. I just don't. I like the open hand. I, it's free. It's on my. It's on my bow. I can do. I can use my other hand while doing stuff. I can do that if I'm moving my camera. It's not dinging on shit and all that. So that's why I like no, the open I mean, hand. I like your. I I used your thumb release today to shoot your bow, and uh, honestly, I didn't. I I don't have anything against it. It's just I. I've never hunted with a thumb release. For me, that would be such a big change to not be in the woods. Like even like when we switch from gun or from bow season to gun season, it's odd that first couple of days to not have anything on my wrist. I'm just it's just so ingrained in my brain to have something there. Um, some people probably think I'm crazy for that, but it's just how and why I can't or even won't even attempt to buy a, a thumb release is, is just because of that. It, mm. I think thumb releases are great. Uh, lots of people love thumb releases. I wouldn't tell someone to go against one. It's just my personal opinion, like you, as far as change. I just really have to have the, the wrist strap release there. So now I think we get into a little bit more of the uh, meat and potatoes of our hunting gear, right? So we talked about range finders, binocs, backpacks, now we're going to get into more camo and like boots. Um, and I, it'll be interesting, I guess, because Joe and I have never actually deer hunted together. We turkey hunted together and we talk, I mean, all about everything, but we'll go with boots. What are your. Well, real quick before that, what do you like better? Deer hunting? You like being by yourself or you like hunting with a partner? I know some people are like, oh, always a hunting partner. Define hunting with a partner, like someone that's sitting in the stand with you. Or yeah. Someone... So basically, you're above somebody. I'm, I'm not, I'm not into that. I don't mind it. The yeah. Problem yeah. You for run sure. Into I know. Is like I, I, I enjoy it. Like the problem you run into is, and I want to say you run into. I've never actually run into it. Deer walks out. Who's gonna shoot it? Who's gonna do that? Like you, we only have ninety days to hunt. So to give up a day or two here. And I mean, it'd be different if I was trying to make money or try to film these, then sure I would do it, but I wouldn't do it then. I would just, that's why I would just, I would, I would spend time on if somebody really wanted to get their stuff on camera, I would teach them how to solo film. And I don't even know how to solo film. I'm just saying I, I much rather it's to, and I wouldn't want no one coming with me cause it's twice as scent twice the noise twice everything and yeah i mean don't get me wrong like i love sitting in a tree stand you know bullshitting with a buddy here or there like gun season i'll be honest yeah i'll sit in a blind with a yeah buddy that's, all day, that's different i'm just i'll saying. be honest yeah i don't i'm not a big fan of it during bow season um what i dislike with a passion is hunting a property alone which might seem odd the reason i dislike it is i still enjoy having people to talk to I want to be able to text people, hey, what do you see and how are things going? And when I'm alone on the property, now I end up texting a bunch of people, are you hunting this or that? And then it just for me, like, I want to be out there when someone gets a deer or something like that so I can help share in that moment and everything like that. And then I love the camaraderie of getting back to the truck, you know, what happened here, you know, talking about it, you know thinking about what you might do tomorrow, things like that. When you hunt by yourself and there's no one else out there, you, it just, you don't get the same thing. Like I just, I absolutely despise doing that. I mean, I, I do it. Don't get me wrong. I do it all the time. I just, if 
I had a property that I could invite anybody anytime, I would take, I would literally find someone every single time to go sit in a tree stand just so I could talk to them and, and, and share that camaraderie every single time. All right. You can go back to what you were talking about. What were you going to talk about? Boots. Boots. Boots, hoots, um, and boogies. Yeah, what kind of boots do you wear? Um, Depends. I rarely wear rubber boots. I I would say maybe four or five times a year on, for deer hunting. Barely ever wear rubber boots. I hate them. They, they suck when they go up tree stands or tree steps. I, I will wear... Do you want like brands like that? You can do whatever. I can just tell you we're definitely going to disagree on this. I hate them, dude. They're fucking clunky. They're all this stuff. They're bullshit. So I like a nice pair of boots. So I have Selma's or I have Crispies and I ran some nice iron shedders with the BOA system. And then I wear um, gators. Gators are game changers to me. A gator's waterproof. Yes. To how high? Well, and chin high, whatever. I mean, they're not like they're water resistant. They're not proof. Like boots. If I if I go through a fucking shin high water, it's not gonna soak in there. Maybe it's because we hunt different places. But nah. I can tell you right now, I love rubber boots for a couple reasons. One, they are one hundred percent waterproof, uh, almost to your knees. Um, two, they are very, very warm. Um, very rarely do my feet get cold. I personally don't think they're that bulky. Um, they, I, I mean, I just, for me, they're way, way, way better. Now I would understand for like your Wyoming trip, taking a pair of muck boots out would be a nightmare. They're not made for hiking. That is for damn sure. But, in my opinion, wet feet will ruin a hunt faster than anything. And my muck boots afford me the ability to, because I hunt a little, like, swamp. They afford me the ability to not be worried about what I'm stepping in um, or, like, oh, it rained last night. I might not be able to get to my tree stand because they're so waterproof. They're super warm. Um... For me, their comfort level really is, they're fairly comfortable for me. Um, I would imagine your Irish setters and stuff like that with laces are going to be comfort level higher than what muck boots are. But as far as climbing tree stands, hanging stands, I've never had an issue with it. They're loud too. They're clunky. Then mine are not loud. How do you set yours up? I mean, what do you I guess. mean? How the fuck do you set up boots? <laughs> Well, Come I know some feet. people put the pants over the yeah, boot. Yeah, I always put my pants over my boot. Well, that's your issue. Put them in the boot. Why would you put them in the boot? It's a million times more comfortable. It's a lot, lot, lot It's a lot quieter. So everything wicks into your boot? No. No, thank you. That's never happened to me. I don't know. I don't ever wear them, so I don't have to have that problem. Well, it sounds like you're just wearing them wrong. I don't. Well, know I'm saying, that. dude, when you're climbing, dude, you're like fucking cool. It, that makes that noise clunk, clunk, if you hit the top of them 
on the bars and stuff. I think I need to go hunt with you to watch how you climb a tree. Yeah, I, again, I, I just I've never I, I've never dealt with that situation. Like I'm even just, hanging my XOP, right, any yeah. of that. Like I've just never dealt with. The hardest part is it. The, the only thing that really sucks is if you get into real mucky dirt that'll hold onto your boot. Yeah, accidentally step out of it. Right, that'll piss you off at like six in the morning. Whereas with your laces, that's not going to necessarily yeah. happen. But I. For whitetail hunting, and I can't make this any more clear. I, for other types of hunting, rubber boots aren't going to work. But for whitetail hunting, you give me a set of lacrosse, a set of muck boots, something in that $200 range uh, rubber boot, and uh, I'm taking it all day. Nah, I'm all right. Would you cut costs on boot? No, never, never, no. no. I know a lot of people that will. I personally, oh, hell I'll no. stick to a warmer boot um, because, in my experience, the biggest the biggest difference between cheap boots and expensive boots are how um, warm my feet stay. I rather, I rather get expensive boots and wear Dickies or whatever, some kind of dark earth tone Carhartt pants than the actual like whatever Sitco or whatever you Huntworth or whatever. You know, Huntworth after yeah, I'm actually gonna give Huntworth a try. I heard that their quality is going up. And they're decently priced. They're probably the best yeah. I, I think I and I had some bad Huntworth when they had gloves and all that, but that was like yeah. ten years ago and I can't judge that on there because they probably they're probably like their budget line. You know, I got it like fucking tractor supply or whatever so that always put a nasty taste in my mouth the hunt worse but that is not true because i heard it's really bad but i rather put more money because dude it's your feet man that's get you places and why would you put more wear and tear on your feet when they're the ones getting you these places and all that and, and like you said like warm or cold wet feet can just ruin a hunt quick so yep comfort i mean in my opinion, I'm looking for a boot that can, is going to keep my feet dry. It's going to keep them warm, and it's going to be durable. So, like, I'm a big rubber boot fan, right? So I'm about to shit on a brand real quick. Atasca, for example. Makes what brand? Right. It's Atasca or, or whatever. Yeah, point proven. I don't know. I know like, Ithaca. Well, no, no, no. These uh, are cheap. <clears throat> so Like Brahma's? Yeah, something like that. Like a real cheap. You can get the same boot I have. Um, as far as rubber boot, but they don't last much more than a season. If that, they're not comfortable. They are very loud, like what you you're talking about. The seams break down really, really fast, so they leak. Um, and they're just not warm, or it's just I'm gonna spend money. Uh, you know, whether it's 150, generally around 200 bucks, I'll spend on a set of, of nice boots to make my hunt more enjoyable because when growing up man i had some cheap boots and man i couldn't tell you how many times i just was like i don't care what kind of socks you had on it it just didn't matter it was awful yeah. all right good, good good pair of boots next so this is where so i would say like socks underlayment stuff like that what do you mineral i mean Merino. I always I say, say min mineral. Like I said, I said uh, merino, or I said 
For socks, you're 100% Mineral oil. Right. I said mineral oil. Yeah, I don't know what you're No, merino For socks, I think you definitely need to spend the money. And it's not even money. It's like 10 bucks. Get merino wool and just move on. Be done with it. Dude, you can go get them old army supply stores and they have merino wool socks for fucking four for Early season, get the uh, like dry fit type socks, something oh, like that. Something that's real thin that'll get you through, that'll wick... And realistically, I would get that same sock and use it as a base layer later in season with the merino wool. And you got to remember, too, we're hunting in Michigan. And if anybody's listening outside, like we can't speak on like people that are in Kentucky and Tennessee and early season where it's like 80, 90 degrees. I don't know what you're wearing t shirts and a shirt. Probably wearing tennis shoes. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. If I'm, <laughs> New balance. What, if I'm hunting in 80 degree weather, I'm, I'm probably taking tennis shoes and, and, yeah, and moving so. on. Uh, but in Michigan, in October, the you know, I'm going to wear the same boots in October that I'm going to wear in December. The difference is going to be what goes in that boot, right? So I'm either going to wear a nice dry fit sock alone um, early season if it's warm out. In the winter when it's colder, I would prefer to wear that same light dry fit sock as a base layer and then a merino wool sock over top of it. Um, for one reason, one reason only when you walk in, your feet sweat, you want something to wick that away. So that way your feet are not absolutely frozen when they cool down and you're soaking wet. So go to the camo. Am I go with pants first? Uh, well, let's do base layers first. Do you spend money on base layers? I would spend more money on base layers than camo. I would, I would probably not buy camo if I could buy, if I only could buy one thing, I could buy it. Merino wool. Yeah, but I would spend. Oh, look! I mean, and like I said, like I'm just saying, if I could buy, I do. We both buy expensive camo. We're, so I have a varying range of um, base layers. So I have a an actual Sitka sweatshirt base layer, which, in my opinion, I would not recommend the average hunter to go spend that kind of money on a base right. layer. I have. The Under Armour cold gear pants, which for $90 was probably one of the best things I've ever bought. But then I have a rocky top and a rocky bottom, which I think is great. But in my mind, like if I don't, I wouldn't be afraid to go spend the a little bit less money and go get the old uh, long johns. Yeah, I think that they work, but don't get me wrong. The in my opinion, yeah, the absolute best underlayment I've ever had has been the Under Armour Cold Gear stuff. Yeah, and in my opinion, it's not even close. Like, it is, and I love, I like my Sitka hoodie, um, but my next purchase will be the the Cold Gear top for Under Armour. Yeah, um, just because of how great the, i mean the bottoms are just there's no and that's a little bit more expensive in my opinion you're, you're it's going to be over 100 bucks for that top alone but i got pants i got well i got bottoms not even pants bottoms that are over a hundred dollars yeah and and but in my eyes you know on some of these western hunts you go on you're living out of certain only one or two pairs of clothes for these duration of your hunt so in my eyes i said i'm going to fork out the money for something light and something that's going to keep me warm if i'm wet and all this so i was looking for versatility of 
Midwest all the way to Alaska. You know what I mean? So that's why I went out and bought a little bit more expensive stuff on that. So that's where I, that's my same opinion. I want something that is as thin as possible, as warm as possible, because late bow season, I don't want to be a snowman out there all balked up with all these underlayments to try and stay warm and then try to pull my bow back. That's in, in, in my opinion, that's why I, I still choose the cold gear. It is warm, but it's not very bulky. And yeah, I mean, just so we're clear, Under Armour doesn't sponsor us at all. I just, that's my opinion of <clears throat> the best underlayment you can get. You can, Under Armour, you can sponsor. Yeah. I know they're listening. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm sure some dude from out in Washington is listening to us. Yeah. Right now. Oh, that's Nike. That's not even Under Armour. What an idiot. Dumbass. <laughs> Uh, camo? Well, like, what do you want? Like, you want patterns or what, what am I, what am I wearing? Okay. Well, this is like early season. I wear a dark earth tone pant, like a, like a, not, they're usually Carhartt. So that Carhartt material, I usually don't have a early season pants as much. And then, then I'm wearing a hoodie. Like 90% of the times, like, you know, was it sick a hoodie or, um, whatever camel. It's usually Sika or what's the other one? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Under Armour. I think it might be Under yeah, Armour. Maybe. I don't know. So whatever. I I just got two. I just wear. I'm like a really big hoodie guy until like after November. I'm putting a jacket on. And late November, I'm putting a jacket on. That's actually the one. I do have a couple long sleeve t-shirts. That and that, but it's usually a hoodie. For in the early that for my early season, then my late season, I put uh, I don't even know what pants they are from Sitka. I want to say they're Apex, so they're not even that warm. It says I just put on my merino wool and then I just put on and then it's just a little bit thicker. It's more of the water, it's water proof. So that's where I am with Sitka. So I have a real love hate. So I have a Sitka, so I have two suits, I have an Under Armour suit hot jacket and pants and i don't even know i think it's like storm or rain or whatever like that and then i have the under or the sick uh like parka jacket or whatever in the matching stratus yeah something like that where it's 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 a rain jacket so it's not real heavy but it is warm for what it is the issue i have is and i'll be honest i don't know that i'll ever buy sick again it's very expensive um and the way the zippers were put together on my jacket and my pants absolutely irritates me to no other. So they're little strings, right? Which, all right, that's cool. But if your string comes off, there's not the little attachment to zip up the thing. Well, you wash your jacket or pants a couple times and that stupid string comes off. And it's really irritating. It's probably the most irritating thing I've dealt with in the last five years of hunting. That's some real first-world bullshit I just heard. Well, I don't disagree with you, but I would go back to my Under Armour suit in a heartbeat. And there's multiple reasons. One, the Under Armour suit's pocket situation, so much better. I have two chest pockets and two side pockets, and then the pants have uh, your normal, I don't know what, the front pockets and then the side pockets. My Sitka has one... Cross-up. One... Po- chest pocket 
two side pouch packets, and I don't know that my pants. I think my pants only has one pocket on them. Um, <laughs> like it's. I don't understand it. You didn't pay for the upgraded second pocket. <laughs> no, apparently not. Yeah. Um, and then th- this is another first world problem that you're gonna laugh at. In my opinion, the pockets on the Sitka jacket are way too big. In my mind, the pockets... How the fuck do you have a too big a pocket? Dude, you know how many times I've lost shit in my jacket because <laughs> the pocket goes like all the fucking way around and I'll put something in my pocket. I've lost my rangefinder at least eight times because of this because it'll get in the back and I'll reach in the front and I can't feel it and I just can't find it. They're just too big. Um, the biggest thing that I absolutely adore about the Sika stuff... Compared to the Under Armour stuff. The Sitka gear is 100% waterproof. And I know this because I sat in an actual downpour last year and did not get wet. Yeah. Like they are, it is ideal for that. The other thing is, is for the thickness of what my jacket is, which is not very thick, it is very warm. It is, a, in my opinion, a great all-season jacket. Um... Which my Under Armour stuff is the same as far as all season, but it is uh, definitely not waterproof. And in my opinion, it's not as warm as what the Sick is, especially because it's a little bit thicker. So I don't know. That's my love hate on Sika. Some people love it. I think that for the money, I could have gotten. I should have gotten a little bit better of a product, in in my opinion. Maybe I and I, I people love it, so maybe they think differently. But when I'm spending the the amount of money I did on that suit, um, I'm not. Exp- I mean, I don't expect pockets like the zippers to be breaking and and strings to be coming off the way they did. I think it. I think they had a real big problem with mass producing because how big they probably blew up because they came like the primary hunting pattern. Yeah, it went from five years ago, Under Armour was like the, like Under Armour and Scentlock were the two like big Mm. camo um, jackets and pants to Sitka overcame that really quickly. And I think a lot of people were getting fed up with Under Armour because they were just like constantly just like, not doing research and development. It was just like they're putting out the same jacket year after year. Well, the other thing is their ability to stand behind outdoorsmen is piss poor at best. Yeah, um, when you cut um, a huntress, I think is what it was, it was Josh Bomar's wife, because her husband legally and ethically killed a bear, I think that's what kills... With the motherfucking spear, dude. Yeah, but to the outdoor community while they do disagree on a lot of things they are very tight in it in the fact that yeah they will um stand behind other hunters who they think are being wronged yeah and that's in my mind that was the beginning because after that was when i really started people start to go away from under yeah. at least in the hunting world i think so too it was a big thing too i was say i couldn't believe it and I think that Under Armour has shifted focus kind of more away from it. Because they yeah. just make so much money off of 
sport gear. So. Sports gear. So I mean, we're like we're in the minority. We're always going to be in the minority. But, but yes, Sitka is a great suit. There are just certain things I wasn't a big fan of. Um, certain things I absolutely love about them. I think that's why I have such a love hate relationship with them. So what about what about a hat? Are you wearing a hat? Are you wearing a hood? Are you? I'm wearing a beanie. I love beanies. When I'm hunting, man, I'm a bear. So I hate build hats. I need something to cover my ears. Um, you can cover your ears with a build hat. You see them guys, the ear tuckers? Yeah. So I used to be a big face mask guy. Um, and I still take the face mask with me orig- like occasionally, especially if it's real cold. I'll take uh, That's my, I like that little... my face mask to cover up everything and then put the beanie hat over it. But the last couple of years, man, I'll give me a nice, cheap Walmart real tree beanie, and my life is gonna be golden, dude. Dude, that my friend has what is it? The neck gator. No, it's like a turtle hat or something like that. Oh my gosh, I wish I could remember the name of this hat. I don't even know how much this thing is, but he let me wear it one time, and I'll tell you right now, if I ever find this hat, like a turtle hat, it's like called like. Oh man, I wish I could remember it because it's like super soft. This is the best hat ever, but I'll tell you right now, you give me 10 bucks, I'll go to Walmart, I'll get a nice beanie that fits nice and snug, preferably can switch from camo to orange, so I can use it during gun season, and I'm golden. Uh, I'm not spending much money on a hat, tell you that much. Yeah, I usually wear, like, Carhartt hats, but I don't think this year I'm going to try as much Carhartt. I'm trying not to buy that much Carhartt right now, because they're kind of going down that weird route do you wear do you have to have your ears covered or not covered i have to have my ears always covering out but i really like that neck gator that's a good neck gator i wouldn't be opposed to it during gun season for sure i wouldn't be opposed to it but i've done gun season yeah. i get to be very privileged it, it, it has to yeah it's it's more later season or early season i do try to wear that face mask i have the one not the apex. I'm trying. To, I think it was the apex. Is a cut that has a built-in face shield, but yeah. I'm not that much. I've never been a big face paint guy. I did it a couple face times. paint. I hate face paint. It's real itchy, uncomfortable. Don't like it. But I don't mind the face mask. Um, I for the longest time thought you had to have a face mask on. I to now I don't necessarily feel that you have to. In fact, I know you don't have to uh, wear a face mask to get away with it. Uh, it's more comfortable to just have a beanie on. But uh, I'll tell you right now, I would, if I didn't have a hat, there's a 50-50 chance I'd turn around and go home. Like, that's how much I love the hat, but I'm not spending a ton of money on it. I let my dog chew it up and go buy another one. But I just, I, for me, my hat is just as important as having a releaser bow. Like, it just, I have to have it. I can't explain weird, why, but I just like, I absolutely, I have to have the beanie. If I have the face, so generally I have the face mask in my bag for that reason. So if I forget the hat or something like that, I can just, I'll just wear that. Yeah. Early season, I'm wearing just a ball cap. Just whatever, like what I'm wearing now. But still, like, still wearing the beanie. It's weird. <laughs> I might just, in early season, I might just wait till I get to the stand to put it on so it's not as hot. So we've gone through camo. You're, would you say you're a Sitka guy? Yeah. Am I going to buy more? Like I said, I want to try the Huntworth. 
Um, I'd probably try the Huntworth over Sika again. That's for sure. I, I think I'm gonna try the Huntworth because I'm. I just kind of been noticing that. Like I always thought, like you had to spend the most. And like yes, I want reliable, durable gear, but I'm. I don't need the Cadillac all the time on everything. I don't. I'm gonna start picking my poisons on. Okay, like, do I really need that expensive of a jacket, or I could put like more money into my bow or get a <laughs> well, newer wait bow? Till, you can wait till we get to that. Yeah, then, <laughs> I know, but I mean, I'm still running the VXR. What three years old now? Four years old. That's, that's still bow I'm running. I probably plan on running out the full season with it and. I don't see the problem. It's running and shooting good. I, mean, I shot it. I thought it shot great. Um, but I, as far as... Shot better than your bow. We're not going to talk about that. But I have... I just bought a new V3X, which I enjoy. But again, it was a lot of money. It's yeah. not something your average hunter or your new hunter, I would even remotely try to get you to buy you know to buy a matthews brand new out of the box 2022 bow it's gonna run you some cash and i would say for the average hunter your better bet is to buy something cheap offline that's used or to go to a little bit more of a lower end like a diamond or something like yeah. that like i want to do that i would do elite Elite is still an eleven hundred dollar bow. No, but the, the ambers, the ambers are like, I don't even know what they're. Did they have bows for like four hundred bucks? Mission made by Matthews. That 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 would probably be mine. Yeah, mission. Yeah, but Elite has like four hundred dollar bows, man, and they fucking shoot nice. I mean, would I shoot it? Probably not. I mean, if I only had four hundred bucks, but I'm just saying it'd be hard for me to switch from Matthews. But I'm just saying. Well, you'll know. Hoyt, Hoyt has a economic one. I no, think. they don't. Hoyt's no. Hoyt is not what I would consider. I thought that. the Torx is only like seven hundred bucks. Bro, Hoyt's base bow is like eighteen hundred dollars. No, that's the carbon bow, the carbon one. Their aluminum riser ones is like seven hundred, eight hundred bucks. Yeah, either Still way. Still pretty expensive. You're going to notice the the biggest difference you're going to notice when you do jump to that price point in a bow is how smooth the draw is, how quiet the bow is. Um, I mean, there, there's really not – I mean, how dead in the hand it is. The, the overall difference in a high-end bow, whether it's Matthews, Hoyt, PSE, um, even Elite or uh, Prime or – I don't even know. Session. Yeah. Those high-end bows, you're going to notice immediate, within one shot how different it is from a lower-end bow. But for your new incoming hunters or you're just your you know weekend warriors, I would not recommend you spending that much money on a bow um, because it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money but to spend on that. If you do want it, if you do want to spend that much money and you have the you're financially there, it's a great investment for that. Bows are gonna they're they're gonna last a very like long I said, time. I probably got ten thousand or more shots out of that bow. Different strings and all that, but that bow is going strong. I got well over yeah. ten thousand shots out of that thing. It like I mean it's you're that bow would last for a decade or more 
de- depending on how well you took care of it. Yeah, for sure. If not longer. I mean, it, it's just, and the technology with it isn't really what I would, is not going to be totally obsolete in 10 years. No. Um, they're worth it. Yeah. If, I mean, if you have the money, I would recommend you do spend it. I just wouldn't recommend a new hunter to go spend mm-hmm. that kind of money on something that they're not sure about. Um, but they're not. That's why it's a great argument. And I heard it from somebody. I, I said, you know, or I was like, well, we should go get a bow. And he's like, man, for the price, I can go get a crossbow for, think about it. You can get them crossbows for like 400 bucks with scope and the bolt and all that you other can get stuff. get a crossbow for 200 bucks that will easily go out and kill you a deer. Um, but you can even get a bow that cheap. I mean, you could, but I mean, you're looking at bottom of the can barrel. Can you get a crossbow set up cheaper than a, the cheapest compound? Probably, but I'm going to have to choose my words wisely here the experience of shooting a deer with a crossbow as compared to a compound are two drastically different experiences and i've done i want to smash you so bad but then you can smash me right back but i was gonna say what do what bow did or what did you use to kill your buck last year no, don't get me wrong. I've done both, and and I I don't I don't I think if you if, if it gets you out in the woods and you want yeah. to shoot a crossbow, I think you should. Um. But, I think, if you were to try a compound, it's just it's the experience for me is different, and that is now I I shot the biggest buck of my life with a crossbow. And it was the most exhilarating thing I've ever done in my life. But shooting a deer with a compound is a it, it's just different. I, I don't know the best way to explain it. Like there's more to a con and, and I would say traditionalists probably think us compound hunters are insane, but yeah. That's if you're a traditionalist. That's uh, I can uh, I would wholeheartedly agree that shooting a deer with a longbow or recurve would be insane. But I think that I would shoot a compound as long as I had the ability. Um, being said, yes, I did choose to shoot a crossbow when I had the ability to take the compound. No, I do not regret that decision. All right, moving on from there. You're at arrows. My arrows? I think so. Well, I mean, it, yeah. We already talked about release. We already talked about, we can talk about arrows. I mean, what do you want to talk about? Like, are you using Ooh, This I, is a great, this arrows currently in the hunting industry are a hot topic. Um, you have a set of group, a set of people that believe that you need to shoot a heavier arrow. 600 grain. With a bunch of weight up front. Then you have a bunch of people that are looking, you need to shoot a lighter arrow that goes as fast as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I was option B, light arrow, really fast. Thought it was really cool. Like if my bow shot 300 feet per second, that was super cool. I have recently changed to a heavier arrow and put 50 grains of weight up front. When I say heavier, this is not, it is not overly heavy. I think it's 435 grains uh, is what we did the math at today. Um, 
and it's got like uh with the field tip or broadhead it's got like 150 up front um but i uh i can't speak on my experiences with it so far other than penetration into targets is exceptionally different um with the new arrows but i won't talk too much on it until i shoot a deer with them i didn't have any issues with the light arrows um i think and you shoot archery so we might differ here <clears throat> if you get the same size and weight arrow you can get away with shooting walmart arrows at deer and just be fine No, but if you're consistent at anything, sure, why not? But I can tell you won't get consistency. I don't. I don't think you get consistency with them cheaper arrows. Just your spine and all that. Just they're just so weak and all that. Yes, can they kill an animal? Yes. With them arrows, am I taking shots over twenty five? Probably not, because they're not going to be that consistent. I in my eyes, but. would I use them? No, I don't think I would use them. So I would splurge and go, there's, there's better, there's better arrows now that you can get online from other companies that are way better for almost the same price as Walmart arrows. Cause what's Walmart arrows? $5 a piece. I know you can yeah, get, I know you that. can get a dozen, dozen from deer cross archery for like 70 bucks and they will buy, blow the socks off of any carbon express at Walmart or Dunham's. Yeah. I would say I'm a, my arrows are a little bit more middle of the pack. I think I spent 80 or 90 bucks for six of them, which someone listening to this fight thinks that's the middle of the pack. And it is like when I went and bought mine, the low. options I had were upwards to, 130 140 bucks for six arrows yeah i've spent 250 bucks on a dozen arrow but i did have a discount so because i was i i was sponsored by them well field staff for them whatever so i did you know get a discount on them so and i spent 300 on archery target arrows and i've heard of people spending 500 for a dozen of arrows so it just depends but so does do it you need for the lighter or the heavier arrow I prefer light, not the lighter. I, I mine's are like, I think last year there were four forty. I think I was at four forty. I think this year I'll be at like four thirty, four twenty ish. Um, I like a lighter arrow because if I'm hitting a pocket, I don't have to worry about a huge arc because after like thirty, forty yards, your arc is getting huge. So what are you looking at? You're looking at point of view. So you're looking at point of view right there. You're not looking okay, the 20 feet out, there's a branch up right there. You're not looking at that. You're looking at this pocket. You're looking, or, you know, I'm saying if you're in between a tree. If you're in the wide open, why not? Right. But, you know, I'm just looking, my arrow going the flattest trajectory to that target. And I, it's all about shot placement. I think, am I trying for a double pass through? Of course I am. Do I need sub 600 grains of, arrow to do that no i mean the scenario of well if i hit that front shoulder i'm gonna have to 
I want to blow through that front shoulder. Like, why? That's a rare occasion, I would say. And why would you even plan on something that you don't want to do? You know what I mean? So, like, why? That's yeah. like, that's like saying I'm gonna put a canoe in my my car just in case if I crash into a lake, I can float out of there. You don't want to ever do that, but why would you ever carry a canoe with you? But I think the fast, you know, I'm not going for speed or nothing like that. I just think, I just, I think a light arrow to get from point A to B the quickest possible and just less arc. I'm just trying to get, take that arc out. And I feel comfortable taking in the right scenario, like 50 yards, 45 yards. If I was on the ground, I might push it a little bit more if it was the right animal in the right scenario. I mean, you can hate on me all you want, but if I, I'm comfortable at that. I would shoot out to 50 yards on the correct scenario, but, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I My opinion on arrows are I'm not going to get a 700-grain <clears throat> arrow for that same issue, right? We hunt in Michigan. We are hunting a lot of woods. Uh, there's a lot of things that they can get in the way. Uh, the other thing is, is if it takes half a second longer for my arrow to get to an animal, especially out at 40 yards, that's the difference between a good shot and a bad shot on a whitetail. Yeah. Um, I enjoy the fact that I'm at that 430, 440 range. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, I loved fast arrows, but I did see at times that penetration wasn't the best, so... Part of the reason I went with a heavier arrow was to be a little bit more forgiving um, as far as if I did make a less than stellar shot that I would have a better chance of getting more penetration. Yeah. But it's all about tuning. You got to tune broadhead tune your fucking arrows. I mean, there's nothing around that. You can't, you have to have perfectly tuned arrows to get great flight. doesn't matter if you, I mean, it could be okay. An extra twenty-five pound or grains can make it fly a little bit better. Yeah, it could. You know, whatever. So you're tuning your your broadhead and your arrow, so that will make it fly better. But I don't think a six hundred grain arrow is going to fly any more accurate than a four hundred, unless as long as it's tuned. Yeah. And it's all about the broadhead. I could put one arrow. I could put a broadhead on one and then put a different broadhead on the exact same arrow, and it's going to fly totally different. So we'll move to the next one, which is, this is the uh, politics, oh in my God. mind, of, uh, of deer hunting. Uh, that is choice of broadhead, fixed or mechanical. If you put a gun to my head and said, you can only pick one for the rest of your life, and... I would say mechanicals. Oh. I would say mechanicals. I just think they're more versatile. I think they're a lot more forgiving. And I would say if I was in a, a quick scenario, I could tune a mechanical way faster than a, than a fixed blade. Do I see the purpose of a fixed blade? Yes. Um, if I do hit a branch or anything, it's not going to deploy or all this and if I'm hitting that bone, but I just, I, man, I just seen pure devastation from mechanicals. So what do you use in mechanical blade? What kind? Mm -hmm. So I've used swackers. I've 
only had one deer I never harvest, but that was a bad shot. So can't blame it on the, and if I would have did it with a, a, a fixed blade, it would have been worse. It would have been probably not, it probably would have been way worse. I, I would think. So what are you using this year? So this year I'm going to use the sever 1.75s. I think that's what they're called. 1.75s. And then I might use the Swacker Levi Morgan edition ones with the, the you can attune, you yeah. can adjust the back on them and they have the hook, but I think I'm going to use the severs this year. I have heard really good things about them. They fly amazing. And I just think they're, they're, they're they just have pure devastation. So, so I'm not decided on what I'm going to use or what kind brand but i have leaned more towards a fixed blade the last couple years and when i say fixed blade i'm actually a bevel two blade bevel um last year i used magnus stingers uh i didn't harvest a deer the only deer i shot at i made a piss poor shot on so that's kind of on me um and again i've shot mechanicals my entire life until this and i'll tell you right now mechanicals if, and you're going to hate this argument, if they deploy and if they hit target are hard to beat, the blood trails you're going to get with them are going to be astounding. Um, and you're going to, you're going to love every second of them. The problem is, is they were never as forgiving as I wanted them to be. When I messed up, which unfortunately I think you're going to mess up. They didn't seem to help out, right? Like if you do happen to move too close to the shoulder with a rage um, or even when I had swackers, you're done. Like it's just, it's not, in my opinion, it it didn't, I couldn't send an an arrow through a deer. I, I did it a couple times and it was not ideal. One time with a rage, I put a, a what I thought was an absolutely phenomenal shot on a deer. Never found it. Um, to this day, I still don't know what happened. Um, two years ago, um, I used those muzzy like hybrid, and uh, shot at a deer, and I'm not sure what happened, but it only clipped one lung, and I ended up killing a deer during gun season. Um, so my hope is with these two blades is that I'm going to be able to get a little bit more of a forgiveness on if I hit too far forward or something like that um, or if I make a bad shot. And I've also had a mechanical not deploy on me. Um, at 30 yards, it hit the deer and just stopped right in the in the center body, like right in the guts almost. I was, I, I ended up hitting farther back. So for me, I'm leaning towards a two-blade fix this year. And I'll, I'll try to give a review, I guess, towards the end of the year. So in my mind, mechanicals are, a, are phenomenal. I think that there's not really a wrong choice here. The debate on mechanicals and fixed, in my mind, is insane. Just shoot whatever. It's like bullets, right? Shoot whatever you can get your bow to shoot well with. But 
I don't think one is better than the other. I think each one has its advantages, and I think each one has its disadvantages. Um, but for this year, I'm going to go with a fixed blade and hope like hell it goes well. I've even tried, and I've never even hit the animals, and they tune pretty good. I hit, I shot the iron wheels. I mean, them are fucking expensive broadheads, and I don't... I, I see the the blade retainage on them, and I think they're a great option. I just think... I think that's the other thing that's leading me towards the fixed blade is I can sharpen the blades. My experience with mechanicals is one and done. Yeah. And I'm spending 50, 60 bucks on three heads. Like, But if people go, well, I shot it and I broke the blades, did it kill the animal? Yes, it did its job. So you can't be mad. I mean, you can't be mad if it does its job and then breaks after you. I understand There's you want that you know, bang for your buck if you want to shoot multiple deer. Yeah, go for it, dude. You, you probably want the broad, you probably want that. But I just think a well-tuned broad, broadhead, arrow, arrow broadhead, whatever, is your best option. Just whatever flies best for you and whatever you can hit the target with. Well, and that's a huge plus to mechanicals is most mechanicals actually come with that practice head that you can kind of shoot into a target, right? Um, and most mechanicals, like you said, don't need to be tuned as much, if at all, because they'll fly like your field points. So you absolutely, for like, uh, fixed blades, you got to find someone with a foam target that'll let you shoot at it. So that way you can, you know, tune them because I've had the experience where I didn't have fixed blades tuned to my bow and it was awful for me and the animals i was shooting at because i was young i didn't understand like okay i get a package of broadheads i put them on and i go shoot well i shot at three deer in like three days and wounded one and then missed two and i was like i don't know i mean these deer are 20 yards i don't understand why i'm so all over the place and i go and shoot them at the target and they're just ones up here ones down here ones over here put a field point in, dot, dot, dot. So I just thought they were shitty broadheads and went and got a set of mechanicals and, you know, thought I fixed my problem. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why it's such a, people are so. Debacle. Yeah. Is there a better, there probably is a really, the best broadhead scientifically, but I mean. I think it's all about. I don't think you can't mimic every. You can't mimic a shot. You can't mimic the same shot, or you know, every shot's different. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's never gonna be the exact same shot. But I had one broadhead. I mean, no swacker. I had one swacker. It went in, and I didn't get a full penetration. And it was crazy what happened. Well, it went in like eight inches. I seen it. I was like, uh oh. It didn't go that deep into him. It didn't go out the exit. I know it didn't. And he broke off. He broke off that eight inches. And I was like, oh, my God. And I got, I've seen the arrow. I mean, I had good blood. for it, But it was in water, standing water in the cornfield. And then we started walking. And I was like, dude, we do not have good blood. Because it was down a path of corn. I was like, we don't have good blood. But. I, my brother-in-law goes on the other side, the next row closer, 
and there were, everything was soaking. It was actually, we were on the wrong corn path. It was, the blood was squirting past that corn row and going to other corn row that we were walking in. So we were getting like the, the, the one. Yeah. But that, the arrow broke off and inside of him and was spinning around in him, cutting the hell out of everything and, 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 and tor- uh, cut the hell out of all his entor- er, organs and all that. So, like, how do you ever mimic that shot again? Like, you, yeah, you, you don't. don't. But it was, like, pure devastation for him. Yeah, I imagine he didn't run very far. No, nah, I think <clears throat> it was, like, 60 yards. Yeah, no, I don't know. Just like everything else we talked about today, uh, People will either agree with us or disagree with yeah, us. Yeah, we could be um, totally wrong on all of this. I, mm. I mean, this is strictly what we use. Um, clearly, I mean, we've we've spent a lot of time and money to build up some of the things we have. These are not going to be things that you're just going to purchase overnight. This stuff is is not cheap, but for almost everything here, I would recommend just saving the money and and spending a little bit more. I mean, I discussed some of the things that I would kind of cut a little bit if I had to. Um, But there's a reason the things are, the the things I own are in the price range that it is. And that's simply because it's going to last longer. It's going to perform better. And it's going to just overall make my experience in the woods a lot more enjoyable. So... Totally agree. Yeah, I guess with that, uh, well, we'll talk to you guys later. We did not come up with a sign-off, so I guess we'll work on that yeah, next week. So. We're doing bad. It'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it? It'll get better. <laughs> no. <laughs> got so, t-shirts on the press. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, until next week, uh, have a good one, everyone.